Borak Thogarthlitz. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 83rd episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This week we're taking a break from our usual weekly progs to cover the Judge Dread annual 1983 Oh, snap, so much dread. Yeah. As always, uh, these annuals are dated for the year that comes afterwards. So this one comes out in, like, fall of 1982. Uh, this is our third dread annual. I think it's pretty exciting. And, um, you know, th- these are still very exciting, I think. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like the first two annuals, this one has a bunch of original full-color stories, but this time they're all drawn by Carlos Escara. And there's a bunch of like other comics and features and classic comics too. McMahon, uh, Mick McMahon's still here. He's doing all of the uh, legacy comics, so it's all M- McMahon reprints this this year. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you what, Conrad, I'm really itching to get started. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh my awesome. god. I'm really bad at uh, jokes. Uh, <laughs> Confirmed for bad jokes. Yeah. Uh, first, let me just say real quick that yes. this year the price of the annual has gone up twenty five pence to uh, two seventy five. Fuck! What? The, uh, who's going to even pay all that money for all these color pages? I mean, you know, it's a lot, but it's less, or but it's less of an increase than last year when it went up like a pound almost, or no, up like a pound twenty five, I think. Um, then the cover. Yeah, the cover features Dread being accused by a gallery of his greatest foes, and nice. inside there's a real nice Ascara Dread uh, giving us the table of contents with Tharg welcoming welcoming us to the show. And of course, it's lucky that the Apocalypse War has just ended in our prog timeline because this annual is full of a ton of Apocalypse War Fallout stuff. Oh, it's really. Horrible and awesome. It's bad, yeah. So, yeah. speaking of Apocalypse War Fallout and Itching to Get Started, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thrill One, the Big Itch. <laughs> so, this, like all of our original dreads, is uh, done by script robot John Wagner's TV Grover, art robot Carlos Escare, and letting robot Tom Frame. The illustrious Frame. <laughs> so, obey it, Fox. Man, people, you know what I hate? I hate fleas, and this this is me full too. of fleas. Yeah, people are falling off of buildings, itching like crazy, going nuts, because nothing can stop the super flea! Which, I mean, like, god damn. We get a, <laughs> a, a briefing by a very itchy tech judge. Who, uh, oh god, I love he, that he uses the stick to scratch his back. Yeah. <laughs> he basically says that uh, the the common flea is mutated thanks to the harsh radiation of the nukes dropped in the Apocalypse War. Um, it's become a nigh-unkillable future, a, a nigh-unkillable ultra-pest! It's specifically in Sector 500, yeah, which yeah. is just like the unluckiest sector. That's, I think that was the first sector destroyed in the war, too, yeah. So, um... And we see a single transient who had spent the night in sector fifth, in sector 500 comes out, dies of flea infestation. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just itched himself to death. It just turns into a huge plague of, um, of in, of, uh, super fleas everywhere. We'll see a similar story to this coming up in the progs also, just in terms of someone coming out of a rad pit and infecting the whole city. Um, these rad pits, man. And, transients yeah transients. It's, it's tough they're, they're coming after you when you try to pump your gas in oregon and they're just messing up mega city one <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, that's a, such a timely joke. There's no way in February people are going to remember some <laughs> internet meme from early January 2018, but whatever. <laughs> Go back in time, yeah. the way back, et cetera. It, it, it was funny to Conrad. Um, so, wow. but yeah, but so now everybody's covered in these super fleece fox. They're taking extreme measures to stop themselves. You see a, a nice uh, Groundhog Day style page where one guy kills himself by climbing into a crash oh. grinder and the grinder's finally itch him enough that he feels good as he just dies from being grounded to raw meat, I guess. Let's not gloss over the fact that literally in the pages of this comic, a man puts a gun to his head and blows his own brains out. <laughs> kills like, himself what? out of spite for these fleas. Ah, you can't make me itch anymore! <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, this is for kids. It's one hundred percent one of the most graphic murders we've seen in the course of two thousand eighteen. I'm just you. You remember in this like, comedy story, gasoline over a man was yeah. once the worst thing, and like got things canceled. This is better. Yeah, this is better. Well, I one, mean, it's nineteen whatever yeah it's five you know what what a difference four years makes i guess in terms of of how hard it is for us to be offended yeah again yeah some dude literally just does you see two panels gun to the head i'm done itching then a one with a blast the boat going through his braid it's pretty awesome <laughs> so bad yeah, so we see an increasingly desperate pest control department try to take them down. Um, things are just, there's just real bad. There's one person who's not itching themselves all the time, Fox. Oh, who is this guy? <laughs> Judge motherfucking Dredd. Hey, <laughs> well, don't you have the fleas, Judge Dredd? I got him. I'm just not itching. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> what a man. <laughs> He's yeah, so dude. tough. He's so tough that he won't scratch his itches from the super fleas. Hell yeah, dude. The law's like iron. That's true. Luckily, though, a, a cure has finally been found, Fox. It turns out that the fleas hate the smell of uh, raw munts, a smell a smell which we've previously seen as the, one of the worst smells possible in the world of Judge Dredd. Yep. And so what you're going to do, I guess, rub all this munts goo all over We're all you. just going to have to cover ourselves in raw munts, just this goopy green stuff. That'll get all the uh, fleas out of here. And then we got to nuke the Rad Pit 500 again. Just to double, <laughs> just to super kill all the uh, all the fleas in there. Just got to, I guess, double down on your nuclear radiation. Uh, nothing will happen. This was a great... No, no um, this is a great starter story. This could take you into the ridiculous, the, the ridiculousness, both of Judge Dredd and like the apocalypse in terms of Judge Dredd. Of just to make a a funny, silly, but also incredibly violent and terrifying story. <laughs> Once again. Uh, Judge Dredd fills both categories. Yeah, like it's more on the like you know it's it's definitely more on the funny side as ter as, as as terms of Judge Dredd things. But I mean, this is basically yeah, it's a humor comic. This one, but you know, it still also has those little dark parts of the Judge Dredd things. You know, of, a, of guys killing them. You know, responding to things by by suicide. You know, nuking it at the end. Like it's also kind of dark, and that's yeah. what's awesome about it. I think absolutely. Yeah. So let's go to thrill two. Judge speak, how the madness spread, data file Melda Treep, Burn Interviews TV Grover, did data file Max Normal. <laughs> it's not a comic, Gotta I just group it together, buddy. That's how we go with these annuals. Uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, I like how they're also the ones not in Keller. 
Yeah, well, you don't want to waste your color on, like, a data file, dude. <laughs> but so, first we've got a, uh, a quiz for just decoding judge terms from Mega City 1. You know, perp, footsie, uh, footsie, stiff, crime blitz, hot dog run, things like that. Hot dog. Hot dog run is like the uh, the the trial you go on when you're a young judge to see if you're ready to go on to the final two years of your training. Which I mean, and it's a it's a live fire exercise into the cursed earth. You know, you just you just get killed more than likely. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think what three guys died in the one we saw, but then two more uh, two more were kicked out of the academy. I think two more were said like, "All right, retake this year." And then only one actually passed. And the one that passed Judge Giant R.I.P. was like, uh, man, Je- Mandred, you're going soft on these guys. <laughs> just, yeah, man, he's getting old. Yeah. So after that, there's a rough timeline and a map of Mega City 1 charting the path of Block Mania in the run-up to the Apocalypse War. And uh, Block Mania just seems so long ago, Fox. It was like six months, but still... This is because uh, like I've, I've mentioned this to friends and stuff before. Like, mm-hmm. ah, this is like my favorite epic of all time. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. I mean, this is excuse me. I I yeah. I really like the uh, the block mania stuff because it really does a good job of really raising the stakes really high and then have the apocalypse war start that really like you know like brings it up to a really high point and then keeps it there for you know six months or whatever. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean, like take it up to like nine flirt with 11 and then just break the knob and go full four (laughs) definitely oh hey and also yeah so all the stuff and and, you know you you gotta wonder one thing fox is whatever happened to that judge orlock guy the sob judge that uh spread all the block mania stuff you know we'll we'll find out eventually i guess there's also a a data file on melda dreep who is the lady that got hit by an ice cream cone which caused the outbreak of block mania oh man and she kind of becomes i feel like a like she kind of joins fergie as being another one of these sort of folklore characters in mega city one to me you know yeah like, well, yeah, I mean, you can see, like, they, they actually mention her in one of the other short stories in here of how, like, and then, um, you know, she kind of shows up now and then in, um, in like, future stories and stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just something huh. to, you know, it's just another, it's another sort of thing in our list of stuff to keep an eye out for as, as the story goes forward. Like, you know, other Mega City 1 stuff like months or knee pads or something like that. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Because knee pads. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I just want to buy some now. <laughs> so then there's a, an interview with a uh, Bert, the robot, the uh, assistant uh, editor droid, <laughs> interviewing TB Grover, the uh, John Wagner Alan Grant amalgamation. It's a. I think it's a pretty funny interview because TB Grover hates Bert, and so the yeah. interview's really antagonistic, but I think kind of fun. Um, oh, absolutely. Although it. It's a little bit, uh, I mean, they do go, go into a lot of detail about, like, dread and some of the process while still being funny, but, mm-hmm. like, damn, is it, he's dark in some of this stuff. Yeah, man, man. he's definitely, like, said, like, well, why do you feel like they had to be in Apocalypse War? And he's like, well, you know, it's going to happen anyway, so you might as well talk about it, you know? <laughs> it's like 99% chance. I'm like, oh, God, like, really? Yeah. I thought there was also a pretty funny thing about how he uh, he welcomes people being pissed off at him for t- killing off characters because yeah, they're passionate. Yeah, it means people care about those characters, and so they want them to live, you know. But they won't. <laughs> <laughs> it it uh, it I think is a um, 
kind of respectable position. Like not all of you know the fans are going to agree with something that you do. Yeah, and I think it you know the better that you can take that in stride, the kind of like the better creator you are. So. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, yeah. If I think it's a good, it's definitely a good attitude to have. Of like, at least they, at least they say something. You know, as someone who's created things and gotten absolutely zero feedback, I can tell you that sometimes anything is better than nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, even if it's just pure seething vitriol. I mean, you know, be cool. <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, uh, Grover gives Lord of the Rings, and then authors like Harry Harrison, Edith Blyton, and Barbara Cartland as his favorite authors, and he likes Harvey as a movie, I guess. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, a real light read. Although I do suggest <laughs> Harvey's great. Harvey's hilarious. Inter- yeah, good uh, Mel Blanc stuff, for sure. But uh, finally, there's a there's a profile on Max Normal, the pinstripe freak. This also appeared in last year's annual, so you know we don't got to go into it too far. No, but he is the best character. Yeah, and as we discuss uh, the pinstripe freak himself, it's Thrill 3 Max Normal. Oh, so fucking great! Yeah. I love Max Normal comics, and it's this one does not disappoint. Yeah, so script robot Alan Grant, uh, art robot Jose Casanova, letting robot Steve Potter, and yes, man, it's another... One of these Jose Casanova's Max Normal stories. He does a really good job with these. And you know, his art style is really distinctive. And you really get this, like... Like, he does a really uh, interesting thing like that. I don't think we see a ton where he uses a lot of, like, grays and stuff in his black and white art. Which I think is very interesting. Yeah, it does for uh, for some good shading and helps, like... Uh, give some Give a lot of depth to something that feels very stacked. Most of what I love about it is it, it comes out incredibly clean and crisp. Definitely. Like, it's... It's meant to feel like an, like, I don't know, the, the world. Yeah. It feels kind of retro or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I just, I really like it. Totally. Damn. Yeah, this, so is the, this is the third one that we've seen, I think. And, and it's pretty fun because, you know, Max Normal's got such a great attitude about everything, <laughs> even yeah. in like the war-wracked streets of Mega City 1. <laughs> I mean, he's just doing his thing as he goes along in his day. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, ran out of champagne. Got to get some more, you yeah. know. Ricardo, the, his his place, the Ricardo Montalban block, is like completely just a ruin. He's just got like a room that's like hey, like half the walls missing and stuff. But yeah, so he needs to get yeah, and he's just drinking champagne and even eating caviar flavored synthopops. But then he's out <laughs> out of champagne, so he's got to go shopping. He goes out to the ruins. He goes. He buy, He take. He grabs some bottles from the moldering skeletons that was once his favorite bar. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, Spiros. Where where in his brain he's just like making it not that. It's just like having a conversation with them and all this stuff. And so yeah, ordering champagne. The drink with that's the thing. The drink with the zing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he returns to find a bunch of block maniacs from the shaken Stevens block, uh, catapulting boulders at the remains of Ricardo Montalban. Oh man, not into that. That's where I live. Yeah. Come on, Uji Paluji. <laughs> I gotta say, I think it'd be funnier if um, they had a st- they had somebody from Star Trek uh, destroying the, the Ricardo Montalban block. You know. Like, oh. if it was like from the William Shatner block, and he was like, uh, and they were just shouting, like, uh, you know, like Montalban, or something. Because <laughs> Khan just came out, you know? 
Yeah. And Khan, of course, played by Ricardo Montalban. Um, but maybe that, like, that Khan joke isn't, like, a big thing yet, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. Like, like, like Shatner screaming Khan isn't, isn't a shorthand joke the way it is now, you know? I wonder how long that took to be a meme. I bet it takes, like, a couple years in, like, the early 80s, you know? Yeah, that's like, a good thing. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's like saying I'm your father. You know, like, that's probably not a joke at this point either, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, at best it's a reference, but it's not, it hasn't captured the zeitgeist yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty fair. I, I know that's just me sort of second guessing, but it's an interesting, you know, just remembering that these things came out in 1982, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, Max manages to destroy the shake. Oh, and Shaken Stevens, I should say, is in a, uh, I think he's mostly in a British musician, uh, does kind of an, I would say he's just an Elvis impersonator, but he does his own songs, <laughs> I guess. But he's got a very Elvisy, very like Elvis impersonatory sound, actually, is how I'd say mm. describe it. <laughs> Shots. Um, Fired, yeah, Shaken yeah. Stevens. Take that, Shaken Stevens, from 38 years ago. <laughs> Whatever. What up? He's, he's done music on our show at the opening of our show, so I consider him a, a, a friend of the show, personally. <laughs> um, so, so I can be do some lighthearted ribbing. <laughs> But, oh, man. So Max escapes from the uh, from the block maniacs. He leads them straight into the arms of Judge Dredd and a force oh. of other judges. They beat oh, the crap. It is amazing. He swings on on like loose poles with yeah. his uh, with his umbrella. <laughs> yeah, the the judges take down the block maniacs, and uh, Max Normal swings off into the night. Hooji Paluji. So great. <laughs> Oh God, I love Max Normal. This I love is, him to death. This is a super fun one of just um, you know, we've seen previously just of uh Max in the regular city and sort of walking around and not being bothered by everything. So I think it's really cool that those skills translate into uh the post-apocalyptic uh, current setting of uh, of Mega City One. Hey man, he's uh he's all class and uh mostly sass. So <laughs> exactly. Hey, but speaking of a sassiness, Fox. Oh, man. It's Thrill 4, a day in the death of Citizen Egg. Mm-hmm. Word apocalypse. Totally. So, script robot Alan Grant, art robot Dave Gibbons. So, this is sort of a, a bittersweet short story, I'd say, Fox. Uh, citizen Joseph Egg heads, heads out to pull a number of crimes and reminisce about his past in Mega City 1. He goes to Ape Town and unleashes some itching powder, which drives all the apes crazy, um, in revenge for them mugging him when he was a kid. He also goes to the alien zoo and blows up this weird alien that ruined his relationship with the love of his life. <laughs> because it ate her clothes because it's a cloth-eating alien. Which, uh, like... The picture for it, just to like allow people to understand, it's, pretty, what's going. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like good this Dave gross picture. Yeah, it's this gross, uh, like I, I don't know, like, like slime. A, like, monster? Yeah, it's just like a big, like like a uh, a slimy cube, basically. Yeah, and it's just vacuuming her clothes off. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. You get a wow, wow picture of a bra and some bloomers <laughs> and knee pads hidden underneath. Hey, you gotta, you gotta. Knee pads are important. So he blows up that alien, and then he, um, because it's because it turns out that he's about to die from radiation poisoning because of the uh, bomb, because of Captain Skank's bomb that hit the Bob Oppenheimer block before the Mega City, b- b- before the Apocalypse War began. Uh, he's going to jump off the Henry Wilkie Tower. 
is he though? Well, as he does, as he falls, he's caught by a judge, but because his insides are all weak already, he dies anyway. But being saved by the judge was, was something else he always dreamed of. So as he dies, it's really the perfect end to a perfect day. Just like, whoa. Uh, and, and like, uh, emphasizing this is how they catch him, which I think is hilarious. It's like a giant net. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you gotta do, yeah. I thought, no, I I like this story a lot, actually. Um, you know, it's, again, it's kind of bittersweet, like, you know, his revenges weren't even that bad and stuff like that, I guess, but, um, yeah. you know, I thought it was just a fun, like, slice of life in Mega City 1. It had a ton of references to old stuff and things, so I think that was a really, um, you know, I thought it was a fun story. Yeah, I... I mean, what's interesting about um, citizens in Mega City One, and we mm. get an, like another kind of slice of life like this at the end comic book. Yeah, like the city drives people fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like these are like I I don't know. Like I like to think that this is kind of not a normal everyday for everybody, but like just how he responds to shit is like so out there, abnormal yeah. for us. But uh, like it continues to just kind of impress upon me that there's no normal people in this damn Mm-mm. city. No, no one that you would recognize as a normal, as a cool, as a normal, cool dude. It's yeah. all, everybody's crazy in their own way for sure. Yep. And speaking of things that are not quite normal, Fox, it's oh. Thrill 5, the comics pusher. So a uh, script robot, John Wagner, art robot, Mick McMahon, letting robot, Bill Nuttall, coloring robot, John Burns. Um, this is some prog 20 action fox and the first appearance of max normal so more max normal action in love i i forgot like uh, and this is what i like about the old ones but damn like dread is so significantly different now yeah you as really is, like most characters yeah it really sort of stands up the uh, the evolutionist character absolutely yeah because he's like like the jaw is always the big thing for me right like he's yeah. so his head's so different even though the helmet's still basically the same but just like the, that lower part of his face has changed so much in the last five years you know mm. Max looking sleek. Damn, yeah. I love Max Norman. And this one's all colorized. It's, it's, it's no one that's colorized, too. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. There's sort of an interesting thing that comes up because of these ones, though, where people, um, you know, a, a, a semi-frequent question of Tharg is like, is Dredd's um, uniform blue or black, you know? Because it's black. But they sort of fill in the white parts with blue here just to, uh, you know, to make it darker. Well, it gives it, yeah, it gives it like a a leathered look. Yeah, right. I mean, it's how they always do. Yeah, it's how they always do it in comics. So it's not that like a like a oh for shame, but you know, it's sort of an interesting thing, you know. Yeah, I think. I mean, it looks really cool. It's. I mean, it's a story we've seen before. I know we're talking over. It's not. Yeah, it's. It's not that. Yeah. The, the story is pretty basic. You know, Max tells Dredd about, um, there's going to be a antiques heist and Dredd breaks it up using a bunch of different color, different, uh, flavors of, uh, of lawgiver bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learn the antiques being dealt is old issues of 2000 AD. And then just like it ends with a plug for the comic, basically. Yeah. I thought that, you know, I think that that can be funny, honestly, when they just have a thing. It's like, yeah, by 2000 AD. Yeah, pretty much. Fantastic stuff. But speaking of awesome books, Fox. Oh, man. This is cool. Yeah. It, Thrill 6, Judge Finley's Casebook. 
So this was, yeah, it's like a, uh, a, sl- uh, like a day in the life of Mega City. One judge, basically, as told and by a sucks. series of status updates, journal items, and just sort of, yeah, like the day to day, like blow by blow thing of a, of a judge named Finley in Mega City One. A lot of things happen. He's just constantly like responding to a hostage situation or clearing out traffic or doing like any number of stuff. It's full of alerts of like a serial killer on the prowl that doesn't even get yeah. resolved and stuff. It's really, it's really interesting and really likes, you know, pa- does a good job of painting this picture of these like harried, like, you know, solving 5% of the crime on any given day sort of thing that we sort of associate with what these judges have to do, you know? Yeah. And what I like there, there is like a through line for different things as they go through, mm-hmm. like uh, different cases that he's on or like delinquents that he's got to talk to. Um, my personal favorite is that there's uh, like it seems to me at least ju- each judge must have just an informant because yeah, he's definitely. got he's got one too who's like distinctly different than Max Normal. Um, yeah, like, I mean that uh, wouldn't surprise me that you kind of give somebody informant money to like you know learn what's going on on the streets and stuff. Yeah, I just like it's it's just kind of neat um yeah, definitely. getting an idea of like who someone else is, but the murderer was definitely one where it's like there's a constant update. I think his kill count actually goes up <laughs> as as it continues on cuz I I'd, like yeah. I know it ends at like 244, but I think it was like higher or lower prior. <laughs> so like, this guy's still murdering. Yeah, man. It's hard out there. And but you know who's interested in making it harder, Fox? Oh god. All the people in Thrill 7. Behold the beast. It's like the coolest fucking premise Real good. that I've seen so far in Judge Dredd. I like I shouldn't say that cuz all of it's awesome, but this is like <laughs> anytime interdimensional super beings get uh, into something it's like i'm i'm engaged it's next level yeah, yeah. <laughs> so script robot J- john wagner's tb grover art robot carlos scare letting robot or yeah art robot carlos scare letting robot tom frame so yeah we open <laughs> this story with a big crazy space monster possibly space space castle who knows but he's dispatching his demons to find the rulers of various dimensions uh, meanwhile, Mega City One, Dread has arrested a heister and is bringing him in. <laughs> when the same, when those demons show up and they drag Dread off to another dimension, as they drag him, it's really awesome because Dread's oh, yeah. like uh, assaulting an officer, huh? Well, that's five years, you know. Like, yeah, and kidnapping an officer. Being, <laughs> yeah, and he's as he's being pulled through the portal, he's yelling back at the dude who he just arrested. I'm coming back! <laughs> don't yeah, you go don't anywhere. You. So what? Like what the hell? <laughs> it's great. Well, it's because even at this point, even five years in, I feel like Dread's enough of a pro. Or five years into the comic, I guess twenty-five years into him being a judge, he's such a pro that, like, you know, this is um, this is off as normal. Yeah, like extra-dimensional demons showing up is a weird day, but not a day that is not covered in his rulebook. You know, in his <laughs> list of responses. You know, yeah, he's just. <laughs> Oh God! I oh, God, I love Dread. Sometimes yeah. when he's not murdering millions yeah. of people. Well, it's like it's like in Star Trek. You know, when there's like a uh, when there's like a time disturbance at this point, it's not. You know, they have book. They have like the a rule book to refer to to, to go to. You know, it's not like right. oh, yeah. what's going that on? So many. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, well, yeah, we do this, whatever. You know. <laughs> so great. <laughs> 
So Dredd gets tossed into the Supreme Court of the Dead, where he'll be judged by, oh God, it's Judge Cal! Being sassy as ever. Ugh. <laughs> Hate this guy. Plus a jury of Dredd's eminent enemies, including a saw of judges, Cleggs, the Angel Gang, the Dark Judges, Father Earth, the DNA Man, all kinds of stuff. Man, the I forgot about uh because the, the Frog Witch is there too. Yeah, yeah, from the Judge Child. Yeah, that was awesome. God, I I loved that part of. The- yeah, that was great. Mick McMahon drawing all those crazy, like hideous sack belly and those crazy eye monsters and stuff. Oh man. But so, so basically, Dredd's on trial for, I don't know, man, something? Yeah, <laughs> it's just hand-wavy, like, you're on trial. Yeah. Judge. They, call the first, they call the first witness, it's Fillmore Farrow, the garbage god that Dredd killed right at the start of the Judge Child saga. Uh, Dredd refuses to respond to any of this testimony, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everybody comes in and says, like... And says, like, Judge Dredd killed me. And Dredd's like, yeah, man, you were breaking the law. Like, I, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Like, so? You know? Break the law less. Yeah. But it's, say. it's funny to see all these guys, all these old, old creeps brought in to accuse Dredd of murder. You know, there's a Call Me Kenneth, the Angel Gang, Captain Skank, all kinds of dudes. Naturally, the jury finds him guilty and he's sentenced to death to be carried out by Dredd's own brother, Rico! Oh, he's back from, like, Prog 30. Yeah, wearing a uh, pink executioner's uh, robe. Hey, man, fashionable. That's totally. What say. Naturally, uh, you know, Dredd's head is put on a block, and before the axe can fall, uh, a dragon shows up, and there's just a whole bunch of open world... No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dread, uh, Dread breaks loose. He starts beating everybody up, like you know, manages to uncuff himself and stuff. I mean, how? Uh, whatever. He could just get out of it. Like it just doesn't even matter. He was just waiting for this thing to happen. Yeah. God, don't ever do this. I feel like no one learns. Don't do anything to Judge Dread. It's not going to end well. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty good because yeah, he basically fights his way to the den of the behemoth. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the behemoth, you know, and, and, and the, the, the behemoth basically says that he's got limitless power. Like you should uh, surrender to him. Dreads like, man, I beat all your limitless power, dude. I'm here to punch your face out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much shoots him with needles. Says I don't give a crap. It keeps coming. So eventually, the behemoth is like, screw this, and he sends Dread back and talks to his uh, demons. And he's like, look, man, there's like an infinite number of dimensions. Like, let's start with the easy ones. <laughs> Fuck this one with <laughs> Dread. I really like the turn it took. He's like, hey, let's go somewhere where it's not. People aren't just going to ask. Yeah. Question (laughs) this authority thing. Like I can conquer the time it'll take to quell just one dread. I could conquer like three other dimensions. Like what? Why? Why bother with this? Which I think is is reasonable. It's a stance I wish more, more, especially extra dimensional villains would take. (laughs) Like. Yeah, you're going I mean, to other dimensions sense. to find easy dimensions. Why you? Why do you keep going after the hard ones? You know. Yeah, work up to it. Yeah. You know, I you're you, we're not saying you're not all powerful, but maybe just don't take on a super force of 
uh, caped heroes or whatever yeah. the fuck ever. Yeah, yeah. Once one Superman shows up, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's go to a non-Superman one. They're out there. <laughs> yeah, it's an infinite multiverse. This guy <laughs> is possibly, he's so, it's the coolest drawing. Yeah. I just want to mention that again. I love how the behemoth is drawn. Totally. He's got, there's so much going on with him. He's got like multiple skulls and tentacles and stuff. But so, Dread gets dropped back down to Earth. Uh He's looking the worst for where the the purpose sort of walking off. Dredd's like, "Hey, where are you going?" The guy's like, "Uh, the ISO cubes." He's like, "That's right." <laughs> it's so. It was good. such a great a great ending of just like yeah. Dredd's like like, "Well, you just fought a bunch of extra dimensional guys. What are you gonna do?" It's like, "Oh, keep arresting the guy I was arresting when I was taken." Thank you very much. Hey man, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I got shit to do. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. And speaking of a lawbreakers, Fox. Man. Through eight, I was a teenage perp. The Utes. The Utes. Yeah. Script about Alan Grant, art about Brett Ewins. So this is, I, th- I think this is a pretty funny story. It's, it's real simple. It's just how, a, how, about a young Mega City One citizen who accidentally killed a man by kicking a robot duck that attacked his custom knee pads. Uh, <laughs> Mind you, it's it's all framed in this way where it's like a scared straight or uh Yeah, it's uh, like it's almost a, like a commercial for like don't don't do what I did. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a first person story by this guy who sort of sort of talks about how he loved making custom knee pads and stuff, and then like some girl asks to go to a park with him, and at the park there's robot ducks, and then one attacks his knee pad, he just sees red. And so he kicks the duck and hits a guy. But man <laughs> Dude. It, this is just a great like we like we were talking about actually with uh, with with Citizen Egg or whatever. It just does a, a a really cool job of putting you in the boots of like a Mega City One citizen, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like so. what their like daily lives are like, you know, of some of like a place where you don't have to work or anything. So what do you do? Like you just like you know get crafting supplies and make a really ornate knee pad and then just stand around like a plaza showing off your knee pads to people and they walk by and they're like, ooh, that's nice. While they go off to do their own like weird time-wasting hobby, basically. Yeah, like I what was that woman doing in the it was it was uh the woman who had a box of filth. Yeah, yeah. Put dishes in it and then wash the dishes. Yeah, Mar- she loved washing dishes. Yeah, Marlon Shakespeare's Paris. Yeah, where his uh, his mom just cleaned and then dirtied and then recleaned the dishes over and over again constantly. And like his dad tried to head eggs into a wastebasket, but couldn't. <laughs> so he just covered in eggs all the time. <laughs> It's just bizarre. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd look, if I had limitless time, I'd be making ornate knee pads and standing around having Something. people check out my shit. Yeah. And I, I again, like, knee pads are just the funniest. To me, they're just the funniest, um, like, reoccurring thing. Just whenever somebody talks about a knee pad in the course of a Judge Dredd thing, I, like, chuckle. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, knee pads. <laughs> ah. I'm there. I'm in the joke. It's just a funny. It's a funny thing because just you know, no, you know, you don't. You almost never wear knee pads nowadays. So it's just a funny. And they and and because of Nick McMahon's especially art styles, everybody in the future had does have huge knee pads. So they're all the place, man. It's funny that they talk about it. I guess pretty cool yeah so let's go to another big uh jump a, a big uh, uh group t- group thrill fox oh yeah yeah thrill nine 
Could you survive a holiday in Mega City One? Reader Art, Judge Giant, Data File Captain Skank. So first is just a multiple choice quiz about being a tourist in Mega City One, Fox. Uh, yeah. General rules are to keep your head down, inform to the judges whenever possible, and then, you know, think about booking a second vacation to a place that's less crazy after you finish your <laughs> Mega City One vacation. That's like, if you score the highest on the quiz, that's what it tells you to do. <laughs> like, all right, you survived your vacation here. Like time for another vacation, back. yeah, yeah. Because all the other ones are like, oh, you've been, you've been murdered, or you've been assaulted and arrested. Like good times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next up, there's a reader art. Definitely some tracing here. But Fox, I think you can agree with me that clearly the best picture is Judge Out of Hell by Mark Richards Man. from Studley so, Works. <laughs> so I, I like the hundred credits, but yeah. Judge out of hell, it's funny, like, okay, you come from Studley, I get it, but, I, like, I, there is something going on in this it's good, fucking dude. picture. It's just a, a shirtless Judge Dredd driving oh. his lawmaster through the bottom half of the page with just 100% flames holding a big banner that says Judge out of hell over his back. I mean, you know, it's a reference to the, uh, to the Meatloaf yeah, album, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 bad in the hell. The album's very similar to that of just a giant motorcycle flying out of flames and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're gonna call it? Yeah, that's what it is. All right, man. Look it no, up, no buddy. Judgments. Listen, I I'm like this too, where I think everything Meatloaf does is sappy love songs because that uh, I'll do anything for love or whatever. But <laughs> you're your 1970s era Meatloaf. I mean, honestly, kind of like the Grateful Dead, oh. I'd say, has God a bunch damn. of real badass album covers that maybe aren't, that are kind of at odds with how light we feel the, like the music is these days. You know what I mean? I I definitely looked that up, and it's, uh, it's a pretty metal cover. Yeah, right? It's weird, right? It's like all the Skull stuff for the, for the Grateful Dead, where it's like, okay, I don't feel like you, you're as hardcore as you're making yourself out to me. But whatever. <laughs> um... After that, it's, it's Immemorium Judge Giant, which is pretty cool, I'd say. It's, it's yeah. apparently written by Judge Hershey and is really just summing up the uh, life and, char- and tragic death of Judge Giant during Block Mania. The one thing I do wish they'd done is, is, is give him like a name, I guess. Yeah, because Giant's just a nickname, you know, and yep. the and the and Giant who played Arrowball was named John Clay. So I'd sort of like you know if they'd just given him like you know John Clay Junior or something like that, that would have been cool. Yeah, exactly. I forget uh, if they did when the character. Giant. Yeah, I forget they actually did that when the character first showed up. But they definitely don't do it here, which is a bummer. But yeah, man, yeah, ju- yeah I miss Judge Giant a lot. He's cool, like Dredd's buddy. You know why not? In fact, they called it out like called him JD. Yeah. And uh, Dredd probably didn't like it, but he never said anything about it because no they were bros. Yeah, and you know he's a big, big part, or, or you know he's a big player in uh, in Judge Cal and stuff like that, which I think is neat. Yeah, save Dredd's right. life. Yeah, but speaking of uh, classic Dredd, or and then sorry, finally there's a cap, the Captain Skank data file. You'll of course remember that this brutal mutant cyber pirate was in fact a robot under control of a Soviet agent in what I'd <gasps> say is, is is probably the first shot of the apocalypse war. Honestly, mm. like it was a couple years ahead of time, but like either that, testing the defenses, you know, yeah, that or the time when Dredd arrested that whole giant ship of, with five thousand people on it in uh in the Pirates oh, of the God, Black yeah. Atlantic or whatever. Or the mm. first Black Atlantic story, I guess. But those two, those I, I feel like were the two big parts 
inciting the apocalypse war as opposed to like maybe the sob judge stuff in uh in on luna city which i feel like was more just sort of regular like brinksmanship as opposed to really like we're starting a plan against you you know what i mean yeah yeah man Trying to plot the geopolitical <laughs> future of this child's comic and do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, uh, you know, speaking of uh, matters of the heart, Fox, because Lord knows oh, that's what I love to do. It's <laughs> Thrill 10, Mean Machine Gets Married. Oh, this is so sweet and yeah. so angel gang. It's super angel gang, dude. They just they just don't care about anything. <laughs> so, script robot Alan Grant, art robot Robin Smith, letting robots uh, Steve Potter. All right, Fox. Everybody bring 50, to, 50 bucks to the wedding of Mean Machine and 7 Pound Sadie. No exceptions. You don't and have if a, you don't, we'll shoot you right in the gut. Don't got enough? Get shot in the gut. <laughs> or God, or Link just beats the shit out of you. It's, like, really great. I feel like they beat the shit out of you no matter what you do. It's <laughs> like, factually accurate. So let's let's roll things back a bit, Fox. Uh, mean Machine met Sadie when they both tried to rob the same bank, and she hit Mina with, over the head with her namesake seven-pound hammer. It was love at first contact. <laughs> oh, man. He was into it. Like, ain't no Maxwell's hammer. That shit's straight up love. Yeah, not made of silver. Cupid's hammer. <laughs> Cupid's hammer. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, so man, the Angel Gang hates love in all of its forms. Of course, they're real pissed <laughs> that they, that beat is in love with somebody, um, and that he lost the money. Yeah, no amount of beating will deter his love. <laughs> Cause, cause Junior's like, I'll beat that love out of you, mean. And Paul's like, I already tried that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't beat him no more. We're gonna turn this into profit. <laughs> yeah, instead the gang heads out and kidnaps Sadie for the wedding. Just <laughs> like great at gunpoint. Yeah, all three of them are just like you're coming yeah, with us. Taken at gunpoint to be married to Junior. Uh, the couple is married. They're then being married by Junior at the end because he shoots the preacher for talking too much during the wedding <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> Which and just like him hurrying him along to get married. Yeah, he was he was finishing up. Yeah, man. <laughs> they already said the I do's and stuff. Oh. Um, anyhow, the two enjoy enjoy a bit of wedded bliss until Sadie has Mean go up to four for her, and then he butts down the gang's house, which traps everybody else in the wreckage, and then he she gets he gets hit over the head with a hammer once more. And so yep. Sadie drives off with all the loot from the wedding gifts. And oh man. Mean's even more in love. Hey dude, she's the criminal that stole his heart. Repercussions for this will echo through the pages of the Judge Dredd magazine in the mid-90s, Fox. Oh my god, what? When we meet Mean Machine's son! <gasps> they did the dirty do? More on this later. <laughs> what? I wonder... Alright, not for a children's comic. <laughs> hey, it'll be a whole different demographic by then, you know? Oh my god, yeah. I'm just wondering if it's half machine. Well, you know, again, we're going to get to it. <laughs> but speaking of things that are part machine, Fox, it's okay. Thrill 11, Death Hotel. I loved this one. Script about Robert Flynn, art about Mick McMahon, learning about Tony Jacob, color by John Burns. Prague 32 action, Fox. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the classic tale of a murderous computer hotel. Of course, that old chestnut. <laughs> 
one uh, low key, one of my favorite Judge Dredd tropes is how he's in, he really hates all robots, <laughs> and, <laughs> like and, inst- and is instantly suspicious about them. And then within like five minutes, those robots go evil and start killing everybody. <laughs> he's uh, it's like a spider sense, like his. Yeah, he's got anti-robot racism, and it'd be real rough, except it's always justified right away. (laughs) Ah, God. (laughs) But, yeah, because, you know, yeah, I guess there's just no way, there's no way to build a robot in Mega City 1 that doesn't become a kill bot. It's just gotta, they're just, you know. I mean, uh, like the the, the robots to kill bots Venn diagram of Mega City 1 has one outlier, and it's it's Walter, basically. If if Seeker from Return to Armageddon has taught me anything, it's that eventually... Yeah, no. The singularity is inevitable, Fox. Absolutely. Gotta be prepared for that shit. I mean, I don't think you can't be prepared because the robots, ooh, they're tough. That's right, they are. They got oh, hard, man. hard crushing claws on your soft human skin. But yeah, so... <laughs> Anyhow, let's go to <laughs> moving on. Thrill Twelve Data File Fergie Crossword Lawmaster One Mark One Blueprints The Mega Rackets and Solutions. Oh man! So yeah, so there's a crossword puzzle for Judge Dredd. You know, Judge Dredd terms probably pretty good if you're like a kid in 1982 and you get an annual for Christmas and it's like you know the 27th. Of December and you're real bored. You're like, I'm going to do that crossword. What's in the annual? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) The return of your amazing uh, British accent. I don't, you know, I'm going to do these little kid British accents until even when the prime demographic's like 17, you know? Why can't we have more naked pictures of Judge DeMarco? Etc. Um... (laughs) There's I also... want 36 townies. It's only two letters. <laughs> Next is a series of sketches of ske- quote-unquote sketch blueprints for the original Lawmaster bike. Uh, the motorcycle the judges use pretty much, as well as the new, the newer Quasar model, which we've mostly seen in the Cursed Earth. You know, it's got the p- pictures including the, uh, the big uh, laser cannon on the front that you like so much, Fox. Oh, yeah, Boo! I just... Just make a better gun sound. <laughs> or something, you know? We've got or these built-in MP3 players to make a superior gun noise. Oh, God, yeah, I mean, you could bang pots and pans together and it'd be better than, like, a spitball noise. I mean, that's fair. You know, you gotta call up the Justice Department and tell them to uh, get better sound effects, Fox. I'm just saying no one's gonna respect your awesome bike if, you know, what comes out of it is, like, squeaky toy sounds. Mm-hmm. And speaking of calling things up... <laughs> It's <laughs> oh my god! Thrill thirteen. What's happening on line nine? I like you. Listen, I'm a. <laughs> I, this is episode eighty three, buddy. I got a rugged on rails at this point. It's <laughs> amazing. Script robot is John Wagner's TV grower art robot uh, Carlos Escara letting robot Tom frame. So our final story of the night, Fox. Oh, uh, Channel he nine. <laughs> Channel 9 is one of the few surviving TV channels after the war. It's just 100% call-in shows. This is one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if there might have been like a call-in show, a call-in like television station just on some random like BBC channel somewhere or something like that. I, I tried looking up Line 9 and it did not give me very good insight, good results. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, 
I could see it. I mean, we used to have shows like that. Yeah. In like, the US, so. like, like Larry King was like a call-in show and stuff. And yeah. I think it's just like, you know, it's just the radio model. It's just having, you know, more bandwidth to put it on TV and stuff like that. I could see if you kind of, you know, infomercials aren't really a big deal yet. You just need to kind of fill hours or something. You just have a bunch of call-in shows. Oh, God. Flex tape. Anyway. <laughs> what a mess. Um, so... <laughs> So we start talking to the owner of a knee pad corporation who is explaining that all of your favorite historical characters wore knee pads. And God, answers are amazing. They're just like dismissive. And it's like, no, we don't know. You don't know. Were you there? Did you see if Abe Lincoln wore knee pads or not? Well, yeah, how can you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tampered with pictures. Listen, you know, if the, if, unless somebody says absolutely, uh, no, I do not wear knee pads, and you can verify that writing, which anybody can change, then it could, it could be anything. <laughs> it's just, I really love, he just looks like a like a jerk face and just completely dismissive of people's information. Yeah. No, he's just so sure that um, everybody in history wore knee pads and you should buy more knee pads. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I do want to buy some knee pads. Think about it. It's all going good until a guy named Larry calls in and says he's killed a man and he intends to keep doing so. Why not? Yeah, um, and then the answer from the man who is running the television show. That's all. That What's this all got to do about knee pads yeah what's the what do, what do you you know what does this have to do with knee pads your murder he's like oh okay whatever i'll call back later sorry i didn't know the topic of your show at the moment <laughs> it's just so strange the uh the judges trace the call back to the raymond chandler block where dread investigates and finds a dead body and learns the name of the perp larry hoover hoover runs out onto the megway and starts killing people um on the highway and as he does he calls into line nine and this time they're like, uh, okay, so uh, we let the judges know, I, I guess, should we keep them on? Should we just like... Yeah, let's let's conference them in with some other people who are calling in to talk to him. Well, the judges are triangulating like yeah. where he is. It's it's great. <laughs> Dread races to stop Larry. Larry takes questions from the audience. He explains it's not a big deal to kill people. Everybody should give it a shot. Oh, you know, he's like, hey, man, all these people died in this apocalypse war business. Like, what's a few more? And the answer from the the host again, there's no answer for that. Okay, next caller. Well, some lady calls up and says, if I was your mother, I'd, like, uh, give you quite a talking to for killing all these people. He's like, if you were my mother, I'd have killed you, too. Oh, my God, he's a murder man. Some other guy asks, like, hey, are you, the, are you Larry from down the hall? And he's like, no, I'm not that Larry. <laughs> He's like, all right, just want to know. Bye. Um, he's starting to um, earn some some uh, some converts from the phone yeah. thing. Oh God! Until finally, um, Dread catches him, takes him out pretty easily, and then he gets on the phone with line nine and says that anybody who follows his example should expect the same, i.e., getting just ganked right in the face by Judge Dread. <laughs> it's it's interesting because like like you were saying he's getting like these converts so yeah. he'd gotten shot early on and he's still 
like on the phone with them and he's mm-hmm. giving them like this play by play of things going on still yeah. talking to people. And I think it's but, really interesting. Like it's a really cool thing. Like, I, I don't know. I've, I think I feel like there's been some movie or something where someone's where had a similar kind of scene to this of someone being mm-hmm. on the phone and talking as they sort of die or, you know, are doing something violent or something like that. And I think this is sort of an interesting thing too. It's just funny because all of it's multiplied by, um, just the inane citizens of mega city one. <laughs> yeah. Like, calling in as what should be this like maybe like touching or dramatic moment and then like just asking them you know random shit basically (laughs) it's just i like it for most of this annual it's been really focused on the people and kind of how they're coping like obviously there's some judge dread beats in there but like for the most part it's just all the joe schmoes definitely yeah i mean i think that's an interesting point um you know we finished our uh so that's it. Sorry. So yeah. So you know, yep. expect hard and fast justice from from the judges of Mega City One, of course. Um, and that's it for our uh, for our for our thrills this month, Fox. But I oh, think. Man. But I just just to talk about it for a second. I think that's a really interesting point, actually. Except for Behold the Beast, of course, which is just read in the Rogues Gallery. You know, pretty much all of the stories that we saw this month were about like regular dudes on the ground basically like like that's that's what max normal is pretty much um that's like what the big itch is it's just like you know dreads in it but he doesn't even like play a role in the story really you know yeah. he's there like he, he's tough for like a beat but otherwise it's just about people living in this thing how they deal with things and then you know just kind of gets automatically fixed you know yeah and our two uh written stories were, we're all about both you about know first hand accounts yeah. of people and and the people around them i mean i'd even argue to some extent like judge finley's case file um or casebook. Yeah, like, no, definitely. You're getting a lot of information about the city and not so much about Finley himself. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah I think no, that's really interesting. Really cool stuff, man. Good writers. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, this is definitely feels like Wagner and and Grant really taking some time to think about the world they're making a little bit more. You know. Yeah. Um, they've had to change it a bunch because of the apocalypse war, you know, to cut off the southern sectors and stuff. So I think now they're really being like, hey, I mean, we're, we're, it seems like they're saying like, hey, we're five years into this, so let's try to make some formalized stuff about it and do a little bit more about that's not just dread being a super cop, but also what people are like living in this world that we've created, you know? And I think that's yeah, a really absolutely. cool thing to think about sometimes. Yeah. With that said, Fox, oh. what are your top and bottom thrills for this, the 1983 oh, Judge Dread Annual? Do I uh, do I have to choose a bottom? Like I said, <laughs> absolutely necessary because it's really good. I mean, you know, you know, we 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 don't gotta do anything, buddy. This is our podcast, but that's uh, fair. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell think you it's this. possible to think of you know to have some things that aren't as great as other things. You know, it doesn't. You know, as we always say, like bottom doesn't mean that it's terrible. It just means that yeah. you know you're ordering things and there's something that maybe could have been better or something like that. So I, I definitely think, because uh, I and I stick by this, it's not like I didn't enjoy the stories, mind you, but uh, mm. I, I just really don't want to read, like, paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs <laughs> in my comic books. And like that, yeah. and it's really damning because uh, both A uh, Day in the Death of Citizen Egg and the, the juvenile one, which I'm forgetting the name of, uh, I was a teenage perp. Yeah. Um, like both of these are good stories. They are not bad stories, mm-hmm. but they are also, you know, stories. <laughs> so, I hear you. Like 
I, I put it at the bottom, but with loving affection, a, a gentle kiss on the cheek after putting it to bed with a story that I read it and tucking it in for a good night's nap. <laughs> so for my top spot, man, you can't beat Max Normal, the pinstripe freak, buddy. <laughs> I, anytime there is a new addition to this motherfucker saga, it is amazing. And I nice. love him and I want to be him. Oh, he's so great. And him <laughs> swinging around. On his, uh, on his cane, his, like from his, this rebar yeah. hanging out of like a uh, big uh, ruins and stuff. <laughs> I want him to be a mythical character who delivers pinstripe gifts to children uh, in, in actual life. Um, he he is amazing, and I fucking I loved that story. But hey, Connor, enough of me talking about this. All this other stuff. What is your top and what's your bottom thrills? Oh man, I mean, I agree with you that bottom's real tough for this month, Fox. Uh, there's a bunch of real great stories in the annual that are all like a lot of fun and just really do a good job of showing off the city and the characters and stuff you know i don't want to really pick any of the features or anything like that because that doesn't seem very fair um i so like it sort of leaves me with like the big itch with max normal with behold the beast with the me machine story and then with uh, it's happening on line nine i guess of those I'm going to say the bottom one is Mean Machine Gets Married, not because it's bad, but just because it's just not the most thrilling, I guess. I wish yeah. there was just a little bit, you know, I just wanted more from that, man. It was so quick, and I just love um the Angel Gang being, like, futuristic <laughs> Old West sociopaths. Like, that's just such a ridiculous thing. They're that, definitely double evil. Yeah, and I just wish there could have been, like, you know, man... If there had been, like, two more pages, you could have gotten into, like, um, I don't know if this would even have been a thing that happened, but, like, oh, man, what if, uh, what if, like, Mean Machine and, um, and Seven Pound City, like, wrote their own vows, you know? Oh, that'd <laughs> be that great. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, but I don't even know if people wrote their own vows in the 80s or in the early 80s, so I don't know. Oh, that's really fair. If that'd be a thing, but that would, that would just be, like, mwah, you know? Or, like... Absolutely. In, in in what could have been done, I wish, or it been it would have been funny if there had been a little bit more, like just in between parts of their relationship, of them like getting crossing paths on crimes a couple times. Oh, yeah, and, like, like just some like not just the one time, yeah, but, like. And, like them, and like, then it culminating to them getting pissed off about this whole thing. Exactly. Like, if there's yeah. a little bit more, you have just sort of a getting to know you montage or something like that, where it just always ends in mean getting beaten, getting hit up outside the head with a hammer or something. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> so, I would have traded so many of these, like, little data files for, yeah. like, a couple pages of that. So that's more my thing, is was just one of these ones where, like, they're all real good. Like, there's just some, sometimes I see stuff that could have had some jokes that really um, are apparent to me and probably weren't possible because of production deadlines and stuff, but still, you know. That's fair. In absence of something else, because the rest of these ones are, like, gems. Honestly, Me Machine's kind of a gem, too. But, yeah. You know, I'm going to say for my top... Ooh, I really want to say Behold the Beast because I like all those bad guys in there. But I'm going to say it's actually, uh, ugh. I don't even want to pick. I, no, I don't, I don't want to pick. I'm going to say all three of the Carlos Escara <laughs> stories in this one are, are, the, are the top. Oh, man. Because, it's a tie. Because the big itch is so funny, dude. That guy jumps into a garbage disposal and gets, <laughs> like, chewed up alive because he's itching so much. And well, then. 
Dude, then he gets taken to another dimension. And there's all these ba- all the, the bad guys are there. And then in the last one, man, that's just like a crazy like um like I don't even know like 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 a like a Hitchcock movie, but told through the lens of like insane, ridiculous Mega City One stuff. Like all all these things are just are just everything that I want from. Judge from Judge Dredd stories and stuff, and really yeah, just so made this such an amazing me. annual. And like, really, like, I was actually kind of down on this annual when I started this show. I was like, oh, I don't know if it was as good as the other ones, but now I'm sort of turning around and like, oh, this is actually a lot of fun, dude. I'm convinced this is like one of the best, if not the best. I mean, the first one, mind you, what like came screaming out yeah. of hell and was amazing. I mean, that one's the best but... just because of the comparison of the of oh, the eight yeah. other annuals we've done before that. Jesus, anything is better than those Christ sci-fi's. But it, this one's so good, and man, it just yeah, all the all the uh, all the new dread stories. I gotta say, to me, were just I I can't I can't pick one because every time I pick one, I think it's something that's awesome from the other ones. You know, I mean, yeah, like uh, it's all just they tell they do different they they tell different stories and they do it in different ways, but they all both have like. They, they, they all have like that drama and violence and stuff that you like from Dread and the humor and like the lightheartedness in or like the gallows humor, I guess, that yes. you really that's so important in making Dread like a great comic, I th- if you ask me, you know, sounds like this thing got top marks. Go to your local uh, news dealer and pick it up. For the am- amazing price of like two seventy five, I will say that like I've actually, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to try to buy this. I bought a bunch of two thousand AD annuals, and I'm trying to pick up the dread ones too as as we cover them. Uh, a lot of these annuals are actually not that expensive. Like I can usually find them on eBay or on Amazon for like fifteen bucks used. No way. And they're hardcover and they're in color and they just look real good on the shelf in comparison to a regular, um, like a uh, prog collection or something like that. So like, you I know. will, I will vouch for that. Like, I've seen one of um, Conrad's uh, annuals that he purchased yeah. or yeah, that he picked up, and I'm gonna say, like, for something that was made back in you know 1970, 1980, the damn thing yeah. holds up. It's definitely like you know, I mean, they can be kind of loose, but they're definitely pretty good for like a 35, 34, you know, 40 year old book or something. Absolutely. Um, and are if you're sort of looking for a, a neat way to have some cool, cool 2080 stuff on your on your wall, I'd say is uh you know worth checking out. But not till I bought them because I don't want anybody else j- jacking up the price. You know, don't be a jerk. Check it. Check with Conrad first. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. Anyhow, <laughs> I hope are, everybody enjoyed this. Yeah, do my best. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradaline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Then come back next time. As Sam Slade is reunited with an old frenemy, the Dixie front continues to collapse, the Slayers kick more vampire butt, uh, 
Ace Trucking sees the Battle of the Biffos and the start of one of their most surreal stories ever. Really? Yeah, it's you. Oh man, uh, Judge Dread, de- and then Judge Dread deals with the fallout from the Apocalypse War, including wrestling robots, freaky fungi, and one of my favorite stories ever: the League of Fatties. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. Until next time, I'm Conrad. He's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid for three.